0: chapter two of finding a way out an autobiography by robert r moton this librivox recording is in the public domain on a virginia plantation in january eighteen sixty seven my father hired himself to mr samuel vaughan of prince edward county and was made foreman or head man on the vaughan plantation while his family continued to live in amelia county it was in amelia county that i was born on the twenty sixth day of august of the same year among my earliest recollections is one of my father appearing on a saturday morning with a team of four mules hitched to a large farm wagon in charge of a colored man Beverly jones who rode one of the mules my father and my mother assisted by friends packed our few belongings into this wagon and took me with my mother to the vaughan plantation in prince edward county where my father had been working i remember perfectly the long drive and how they wrapped me in an old gray blanket and a blue military overcoat which were very common in those days in order to protect me from the bitter cold here in an old house in the rear of a virginia mansion known as pleasant shade i spent most of the years of my early youth my mother for many years was cook, and my father led the hands on the plantation it was here that i caught my first glimpses of real culture and got my first inspiration as to what i would like to be and something of what i would like to do on account of my parents relation to the household and because i was the only child near the big house i naturally received much attention from the vaughan family i can never forget mrs vaughan, miss lucy we called her as was the custom not only among the colored people but among the white folks also and her three daughters mrs patty jenny and molly i was soon big enough to carry miss lucy's key basket this was considered a great honor for a small negro boy before the war and immediately afterward i felt the dignity and responsibility of my office as i grew older my duties increased until i assisted her and her daughters in the care of the fowls of which she had a great number turkeys geese ducks and a great many chickens but proud as i was of these duties i have never since so sincerely envied any one his position as i did sam reed the general houseboy and waiter in the family miss lucy had promised me that when sam was big enough he would be transferred to the farm as was the custom and i could have his place sam helped the cook made all the fires was in the big house much of the time and generally wore good clothes he was a favorite on the plantation besides all this sam was a remarkable acrobat he could turn somersaults stand on his head turn a cartwheel go wheelbarrow fashion and could perform what were to me many very wonderful acrobatic feats in addition to being a wonderfully good reel and jig dancer and a remarkably fine singer he must have inherited his ability to sing from his father-uncle jim who was a noted shout-singer in the neighbourhood sam was not a christian and so sang anything and he did it very effectively under sam's direction i practised many of his accomplishments and with his careful tutelage became a close second as a result he and i were frequently called into the big house to perform but there was one thing i had against sam he grew so slowly it seemed that i would soon be bigger than he and would lose my chance to get his place when he should be sent on to another fortunately for me but perhaps unfortunately for sam his father now insisted that it was time for him to leave the house as he considered him too old to devote himself to doing chores and being only a houseboy his pay was too small he would earn more by working on the farm so sam had to go i never shall forget the joy i felt when told that i was to wait on the table at breakfast the following morning and how sam and my mother instructed me until late in the night how to perform my new duties how i should stand and how to all appearances i was to pay no attention to the conversation i remember how they sat at the table and had me pass things empty plates and dishes i do not recall whether from the right or left side but judge now it must have been from the left in any case i got through my first day with some show of success and proved myself fairly equal to my new responsibilities as a compliment to the honours of the post the young ladies at the house made me a couple of suits which i should wear only on special occasions i think i have never had a position since then in which i took any more pride than in this youthful promotion to the place to which I had aspired for several years yet there was more in my position than was at first apparent mr willie vaughan the only son i took in many things as a model i copied his laugh his walk his dress the way he handled his knife and fork and other characteristic manners of his in a fashion that must have sometimes amused those who observed me but aside from its humorous aspects this contact with the vaughan family meant for me a certain kind of most valuable training and education about this time a rather interesting incident happened while my work was new my mother made me devote an hour at night to my blue-backed holmes's primer. she was my teacher being one of the very few colored women in our neighborhood who could read it all there was a popular belief that the vaughans notwithstanding their kindness and aristocratic ideas objected to and opposed negroes reading and writing my mother was very careful therefore that they should not know that she was teaching me to read or even that she herself could read for several years she had kept from them the fact that she even knew one letter of the alphabet from another but one night after the day's work was done there was a gentle rap at the door of our two-roomed house i remember that we were sitting before a big open fire my father my mother and i my mother teaching me by the light from the fire as the custom was in those days my mother called out to learn who was there imagine our consternation when the answer came back miss lucy my mother was tempted to hide the book when she discovered who was at the door but my father objected saying we were free and that he would leave the vaughns if they made any objections that he could find plenty of work at good pay at any one of a dozen plantations in the district so the door was opened and in walked miss lucy to find us in the very act she expressed the greatest surprise when she discovered what was taking place but she astonished us equally when she indicated that she was very much pleased and commended my mother on the fact that she could read and told her she was very wise to teach her son to read the next day we were even more astonished and of course pleased when miss molly her youngest daughter said to my mother that mrs vaughan had asked her to give me a lesson for one hour every afternoon and to do the same for my mother if my mother would care to have her do so so the next time my father went to farmville eight miles away he bought the necessary books both for my mother and me and my lessons began in a more systematic way with miss molly as teacher and my mother as my classmate for one hour each afternoon my mother finally dropped out but i continued for some time though intermittently one of the saddest recollections of my childhood was the death of mrs vaughan i can never forget the impression it made upon me the wailing of the colored women on the plantation and the sadness of the colored men there must have been between three and four hundred people on the vaughan estate including men women and children mrs vaughan like her husband possessed a very beautiful character and was beloved of everybody on the plantation while i did not then appreciate the full gravity of the situation i wept along with the others for in spite of my youth i realized somewhat the loss that this death was to me as well as to others for there was not a family on the plantation and scarcely a person who had not at some time been helped by her kindly personal attention to their needs and difficulties several years later mr vaughan was married again to miss patty perkinson a daughter of captain perkinson the head of another of virginia's fine families who owned a large estate a few miles away i confess that i did not entirely approve of the marriage the truth of the matter was i shared the feelings perhaps in less degree of most of the people on the plantation especially the women though my own feelings were more personal than general i was not so worried about the marriage itself as i was anxious that whoever took miss lucy's place should not interfere with the position i was occupying in the vaughan household i was certain that no one could be so kind as miss lucy had been to me and i felt sure that miss patty would not be and what i had heard of the dealings of certain members of her family with coloured people rather tended further to disquiet than to allay my youthful anxiety about my own future my position at this time in the vaughan household was in my mind of a very important sort i was doing so i supposed just about as i wished and running things much to my own liking i carried the keys all day and hung them at the head of mr vaughan's bed the last thing at night i issued the corn for the stock and frequently helped in weighing the rations to the scores of men who came up saturday afternoon for their allowances i went hunting with mr vaughan and visited the rabbit traps in the morning and also went fishing with him on the Appomattox River. He rode a magnificent bay mare we called Fanny, while I rode a mule, blind in both eyes, named Kit. It is not surprising, therefore, that I should have been more or less jealous of my position and anxious that the new mistress of the house should be of a kind to meet my approval, for by this time the three daughters had all married and only Mr. Vaughan's son, Mr. William S. Vaughan, was left my mother was still the cook and my father was running things as headman on the farm but neither my father nor my mother counted very much in my mind so far as this situation was concerned indeed mr vaughan and his son did not count very much looking at it from the mental angles of my youth i was however very pleasantly surprised when miss patty came to pleasant shade the things that had been prophesied regarding her were not fulfilled she did not take the keys from me and i had just about as much leeway as before in some respects more she was more careful than the men folks had been about setting the table and cleaning the house pulling up weeds the clearing of the garden and such things she made me sweep off the porches once and sometimes twice or three times a day i had gotten to the place where i swept them perhaps twice and sometimes only once a week and besides all this the new mrs vaughan insisted that my mother should continue my lessons and encouraged me in various other ways in the fall following this important event a school was opened for coloured children a few miles from the vaughan plantation this was the first school for negroes in that neighbourhood indeed the first school of any kind for there had been no public schools of consequence for either white or coloured children before that time in the fall of the previous year the coloured people had been urged to vote with the promise that if they did so a public school for their children would be established in our district they voted according to instructions and the promise was kept in early october a free school was opened for colored people with mr john morissette a white man as teacher my father and my mother decided that i should go they consulted the vaughns particularly mrs vaughn she readily approved forthwith she and my mother fitted me out and i appeared in school the opening day i recall how i felt when i observed that there were so many children bigger than myself who could not read because of my instruction at home i was in the highest class in the school and i had special pride in the fact i think i was reading in the third reader but reading at all by a coloured boy in those days was rather unusual and a coloured free school with fifty or sixty children on the opening day and meeting in the daytime as well was a real marvel mr morissette who by the way had been an officer in the southern army was most kind and thoughtful and very patient and took a great deal of care and pains even on the opening day to classify us he brought many books of various kinds and his wife who was a very unusual woman came in later to help him in the difficult task of organizing this large number of negro children into a real school his task no doubt was a hard one not only because of the children directly but because of the parents as well many of whom as time went on troubled him very much all of us naturally thought the more books the student carried the more he knew and many parents were therefore willing to get the fourth fifth and even the sixth reader for their children without any protest at the expense so long as they were carrying bigger and higher books my father shared this feeling along with the rest he was not altogether happy at my having only a third reader but mrs vaughan who knew what i was doing came to the rescue and assured him that i would have bigger books in ample time and that i would probably learn more than many others who had many more books i continued my work in the vaughan family before and after school at intervals for many years and without doubt what i learned from my contact with them was worth quite as much to me as what i learned at school indeed my own idea has always been that the one supplemented the other my work before and after school was being correlated unconsciously with what i was learning in books which was true also of my contact with the nearly four score children whom i met daily at school the vaughns were of the finest type of southern families kind thoughtful and generous they were people of considerable wealth and at the top of the social scale in that community but at the same time they were of all the white people the most popular among the negroes of the neighbourhood they visited negro churches and prayer-meetings and negroes frequently visited the old jamestown presbyterian church to which the vaughns belonged and of which mr Vaughn, i think was an elder as was also his son in later years for many years they conducted sunday school in the afternoon at jamestown church for coloured people this school was taught by the leading ladies of the community with the help of some of the leading white men in this connection it is significant that the Vaughns never suffered for want of adequate and faithful help on the farm or in the household and it is certain that their influence on the colored people on their place and in that section was of the best this was true of them in that day it is equally true to-day of their three daughters and was true of their son and his wife both of whom have died within the last few years the vaughns never lost any prestige or social standing in the community by being kind and helpful to colored people the pastor of the jamestown presbyterian church to which i have referred was the rev george h denny a minister who lived in amelia county some twenty miles away and usually came to the community on saturday afternoons in a sulky he generally made his home with the vaughns remaining over from saturday until monday occasionally he came earlier or remained later for certain special services i was always glad to have him come even though it added to my duties somewhat because of the extra shoes to polish and the extra pail of water that i had to bring from the spring some distance away at the same time he was very kind to me it was he who gave me the first bible that i ever had and took pains to interpret certain passages with which i had become somewhat familiar but whose meaning was as yet rather vague to me but my joy at his coming lay in the fact that frequently especially in the summer season he brought with him his son george he was of about my own age which accounted for our having many good times together sometimes we were joined by ernest morton another white boy and lee brown a colored boy but george and i were especially friendly many a day he would sit at the table with the family and i would be keeping the flies off and waiting on the table when we would wink at each other and make plans as to what we would do when dinner was over and my other work done often he would pitch in and help me through and then off we went fishing on sailor creek famous for one of the skirmishes between lee and grant on the way to appomattox after the evacuation of richmond we not only enjoyed our boyish play but we worked many examples in arithmetic together and discussed history as well i remember that we differed frequently one of the discussions we used to have most often was about which was the greater general grant or lee he was for lee i for grant we often discussed the merits of the conflict between the states which culminated in the war i could never swerve him from his position on this question and he never swerved me from mine we never found it profitable to discuss this issue he would sometimes lose his temper and i frequently lost mine there came a time when we ceased to discuss it at all and i think our relations were consequently very much pleasanter he had a most excellent father and the son was of the same type very bright always frank always generous and he never swerved in his friendship for me i sometimes feared that the vaughns and the rev mr denny george's father were a little annoyed that he preferred apparently to be out in the fields where i was with the cows and sheep or even to help me with my chores to being in the house among the guests for the vaughn household was a very popular meeting-place for young people and old it was a great social centre and the scene of many parties mr vaughan's death which occurred about this time made everything different at pleasant shade thereafter the farm was divided among the children most of the coloured people moved away my father went to live with a family of mortons who were by marriage connected with the vaughan family mr j x morton who afterward became a professor at the virginia polytechnic institute had a son ernest to whom i have referred our friendship grew stronger indeed he left parents and everything else to be with my coloured chum lee and with me and we in the same spirit neglected everything that we could with impunity in order that the three of us could be together we fished and hunted together and engaged in many boyish sports and pranks nothing in his possession was too good for us and nothing in ours was too good for him as we grew older my father did not wholly approve of this intimacy and used often to say that we were too thick to thrive in the course of time there did come a parting ernest went off to school and my chum lee and i were left on his father's farm the weeks immediately following his leaving for the virginia polytechnic institute were dull and dreary for us at home this i think was in october i continued to work on the farm for i was now too big for chores and went to school when the weather did not permit working on the farm i was anxiously awaiting the christmas holidays when our friend ernest would return and we would again have some good times together he would tell us no doubt of his college experiences and we had some experiences that we could relate to him at last the day came lee and i were at the house when they brought him in the carriage from rice's depot his father and one of his sisters had gone to meet him he had with him also his roommate i think who had come to spend the holidays with him they both wore grey uniforms with brass buttons lee and i as soon as ernest alighted from the carriage rushed up to shake hands he not only did not shake hands with us but his manner was as cold and frigid as the north wind that we were breathing he did bow but it was quickly done lee went home i went into the kitchen with aunt viney the cook i was feeling bad so was lee i was thinking sometimes i wonder if i ever thought quite as seriously on life as i did that night a few moments later he came out into the kitchen in his splendid spick-and-span uniform with brass buttons and polished shoes aunt viney the old cook of sixty or seventy years rushed up to him and threw her arms around him exclaiming my child, my child!" and he in turn threw his arms around her he was not more demonstrative toward his mother in fact not even so much so because his mother was not so demonstrative as the cook i sat unhappy puzzled thinking finally through the darkness of the night i stole down through the ravine across the brook and up to our cabin on the hill i went to bed early that night my father who always saw and realized much more than he ever expressed asked me the one question that i did not care to have him ask and he made just the one ejaculation which cut keen and deep he said did you see ernest yes sir i said what did he say to you nothing said i i told you to stay away from there he said i made no answer he said no more he knew how i felt for he probably imagined what had happened i went immediately to bed as i have said earlier than was my custom and i think remained in bed later next morning but i slept less than usual i was thinking that night i arose next morning more weary than when i went to bed but i was wiser and more resolute than ever before in my life I went through my usual day's work on the farm and looked after the hogs for the Mortons and did what I had to do with reference to the feeding but did not go to the house except as I was obliged to do. I met Ernest and his chum face to face. I looked the other way. I do not think they noticed where I was looking. I am sure they did not care. I was trying to snub them both. It had no effect so far as I could judge on either, but before going to bed the following night i had firmly resolved that getting an education was the best thing toward which i could bend my efforts in the future the next morning i asked my father about the school for colored people which was being projected under the influence of general Mahone at petersburg now a state normal school he told me much about it it was to open the following fall the hon john m langston he said a colored man who was as well educated as any white person that he knew of was to be the president he said i might go if i wished and that he would do what he could to help me it being a state school and he having certain strong friends in the republican party general Mahone among them hon b s hooper a member of congress from the fourth congressional district of virginia would probably arrange for me to have a scholarship he also told me much about hampton institute but he was not enthusiastic about my going to hampton he said hampton was a work school and that he could teach me as much about work as hampton could but as he thought i could go to hampton without any money he would permit me to go if i insisted though it was against his inclinations during the winter i did much thinking and much talking too with those people whose judgment i thought i could trust about going to school either at hampton or at petersburg mention was also made of some other schools captain frank Southhall, whose brother dr j w Southhall was later superintendent of public instruction of virginia learned through some source that i contemplated going to school he had somehow been impressed with my knowledge of the bible and my interest in the sunday school by my attendance at the afternoon sunday school at the jamestown presbyterian church to which i have referred and of which he was superintendent he wanted me to go to a school at tuscaloosa alabama to fit myself for the ministry in the presbyterian church he said he would gladly arrange this and that the entire expense would be provided this did not appeal to me very much because i was unwilling to sign an agreement that i would enter the ministry or join the presbyterian church all of my people were baptists and we were living in a strongly baptist community that is so far as negroes were concerned the negroes at least in my community at that time looked with more or less suspicion upon the religion of white people anyway and the feeling between denominations was strong so while i was determined to get an education i replied that i preferred to be an ignorant baptist rather than an educated presbyterian in my youthful zeal i told others of the offer i had had from captain southall and of my determination to keep the faith repeating the expression that i preferred being an ignorant baptist rather than an educated presbyterian and this expression never failed to bring forth much approval and applause from the colored people of the community end of chapter two